Death has come to your little town, Sheriff. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? You're gonna need a bigger boat. Be my victim. Hello, my name is Austin Torres, and welcome to the Would You Die podcast, the show where we talk about our favorite horror monsters and villains. Today, I'm joined by the horror filmmaker, writer and director of Cat's Game, and producer of the annual film competition, Horror Film Roulette, my friend, Josh Tabe. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Austin. Thank you for bringing me on. This is awesome. I'm so excited because we were just geeking out about being horror filmmakers <laughs> right before recording. So I have like that adrenaline going of like, oh, I'm super excited. <laughs> oh, yeah, easily. I mean, uh, what what doesn't get your blood boiling, right? <laughs> exactly. It's just like, yes, I'm so, ah, today we are talking about the killer who just wants to play a game. Not Ghostface, the other one, Jigsaw. <laughs> the best. And before we get into it, I have a confession for everyone listening. Uh, so my horror card might be taken away. Prior to talking to Josh about recording this episode, I've only seen the original Saw and Spiral from the Book of Saw. <laughs> yeah, you might get you might lose that card, Austin. <laughs> Especially because like our generation, it, like Saw is the franchise. Like growing yes. up in the 2000s, 100%. There was nothing bigger than Saw. Nothing. No, it was, I mean, everybody was talking about it. They were always, you know, going, okay, this, you know, you got to watch it to the end, the ending. Like everybody talked about the ending. That was the biggest mm -hmm. thing. Well, I made it through one through four. Okay. And I was watching, I was watching five last night, but I turned it off 30 minutes in. No, not 30 minutes in with 30 minutes to go. Okay. I, I was really enjoying it. Actually. I was really digging five, but I turned it off because I was falling asleep. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was tired. Not the movie's fault. The movie was not putting me to sleep. Sure. I was just, I just had a long day. <laughs> And I'm like, I got to stop this because I'm I don't want to fall asleep during the movie. But my body is like, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, no, 100 percent. Like, especially with something like this, you kind of want to be awake for it. So I still have yet to see the ending of five. I still have yet to watch six, seven and Jigsaw. But I did see Spiral. <laughs> OK, before we get more into Jigsaw, I was wondering if you could uh because you're a horror fan through and through being a horror filmmaker. Of course. What? Yeah. What got you into the genre? So um, I'd probably have to say if we're going way back, like I didn't really get into horror films until I'd say maybe uh, probably until I was like 11 or 12. Because uh, my, my mom is actually a pretty big horror fan. Like that's where I got it from. So she would put on movies, you know, like uh, the Amityville Horror. Uh, she w when Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out, not not the original original, but like the remake original, <laughs> whatever you want to call it at this point. But the one in like I think it was like what two thousand three, whatever that one was. Uh, I remember her going out to see that movie, and she'd always come back and like describe in graphic detail what happened, you know, at these <laughs> movies, and I'm like. 
I'm like, you know, like hearing somebody so somebody else's face on another person, like I'm interested. <laughs> and, you know, and I don't know if that's like the beginning of like my messed up uh, personality in terms of creativity and everything like that. But you know what? That's a lie. I would say it went further back than that. I'd probably say I got into horror when I was about six or seven. And I totally, I'm thinking movies, okay, are 11 and 12. But it had to have been the Goosebumps books. I didn't take that into account. I was reading those like crazy. I read the Michigan Chillers. I mean, heck, even some Harry Potter books were scary, you know? So, like, yeah, I'd say say it's always been in my blood. But when we're talking, like, films, yeah, I'd probably say about 11 or 12 would have been that time. But, yeah, sure enough... Uh, cause the first Saw movie I believe came out 2004 and, uh, I didn't watch it when it came out, but the, in 2005, you know, I was starting to hear more about it. I heard about it from other kids in school. Cause I was, uh, I was about a freshman in high school at that time when the first Saw movie was sort of being talked about. So when Saw 2 came out, I asked my mom's friend to go to Blockbuster. Yes, this shows our age. <laughs> um, but I, I asked my mom's friend if we could go to Blockbuster and I could rent the first and second Saw movie. Luckily, he did it for me. And uh, he's like, just make sure you you know put it in the box when you get back home. And I'm like, okay, okay, great. So I watched those movies with my friends and I just remember feeling awful the whole time watching them, like feeling like a sense of dread uh, and fear out of these films because it just, it was so different than what I was used to. You know, everyone's seen, whether it's Halloween or, you know, Friday the 13th, we all kind of get the idea there's some stalker serial killer thing, but I hadn't seen anything about a calculated mastermind that pretty much pits yourself against yourself in order to survive. And so so seeing that concept it was it was eye-opening. It was uh, it was exciting to be able to, you know, look at uh, this this film from a different lens and and see, you know, these twists that are being uh, put together. The story was fascinating on just this guy alone like okay, we got this, you know, cancer patient that is doing all of this stuff like you know, I don't know if you're putting a spoiler warning on any of this stuff, Austin, but um, <laughs> oh, that's a good, need to. <laughs> that's, that's a good call. I should probably edit one in there. I'm notorious <laughs> for on the podcast being like, oh, by the way, here's the ending of the movie. Oh, spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I'm hoping but... everyone listening sees Jigsaw on the picture or, or the post or whatever. And they're like, yeah, he's probably going to ruin Saw. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly so no i just want to make sure but i mean i'll only spoil like the first one the others you know it's it is what it is but no (laughs) like i remember watching all of these and then seeing that twist ending where you know he's on the floor the whole time yeah uh really really like memorable stuff like that stuff you talk about for a long time like i mean even now we still give it that you know praise that it deserves for for what it did and and again like these traps and you know the the clown doll uh just all of it is so interesting in this world building behind it heck even some of the the film the editing techniques be speeding up the scene really fast and then slowing it down and things like that 
I hadn't seen anything like that. The use of color, like green was like a huge color palette throughout a lot of these traps as well. And so, you know, seeing this grisly, you know, filmmaking type of filmmaking, but it's still, it was indie filmmaking, but still done on a professional Hollywood type level. It's cool that this was like James Wan's like start to everything, you know, before he got into Insidious and, and all those other, The Conjuring, all that. So like, but no, I mean, also hearing that, I think it took, gosh, they said it was quick. It was like 10, 10 days to film all of it. It was very quick shooting the first movie. And then they were, they're churning them out like that, you know, every year. There's a new saw, and then, so sure enough, like you know, they had that that famous um, tagline: "If it's Halloween, it must be Saw." And sure enough, like every Halloween, there'd be a new movie. And man, they didn't miss a beat. They went seven straight years making all these films, and somehow they made each one a little bit more interesting. Now, of course, I have my favorites and and ones I don't really care for. Funny enough, the fifth one that you're on right now is actually my least favorite of the whole franchise. Wow, um, I was digging that one too. <laughs> <laughs> so cool concept, but I just felt like I, I, I didn't care for these characters very much. I didn't feel like there was really anything too exciting story-wise. I mean, yeah, there were some interesting, you know, uh, the beginning is very interesting with the detective and everything like that, but there was just something about it that just felt like it was off compared to the other films. Now, I think you're going to really enjoy six, and I think you're going to mostly enjoy seven. I think the ending makes up for the entirety of seven when you get to that one, but but yeah, no. So, like, again, looking at the psychology of this character, looking at John Kramer, a.k.a. Jigsaw, there's so much to uncover, and, you know, as, as crazy as seven films may sound, plus Jigsaw plus Spiral. I just think he's definitely a worthy character to explore. He's fascinating on all these different levels, but then we're like, you know, yeah, what's his family life like? Like, what did he do for a living? How did he achieve all of this? Who helped him? And when you're able to put that together into the into the mix too, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a whole ride. And so that's the thing is like, for me, my favorite films are usually the ones that are the most character driven. I don't really care. Like for me, I've never cared for any of the Game of Thrones uh, stuff, like the series. Never loved it because I thought it was, there was too many politics, but there's just too many characters. Like if we broke it down to like Tyrion, um, I think that's his name, right? The, uh, Peter Dinklage's character. Yeah, Peter, yep, yeah. exactly. Tyrion, right. Okay. Tyrion, Arya, Stark, you know, Daenerys, Jon Snow. Like, if you were to just do a few of those guys, I think I would be invested in that show. But I couldn't get past, like, season two. It was so much of the, all right, we got to talk about getting the Baratheons to blah, blah, blah. You know, it's just, I don't know. Too many names, too much of all that. I've always had that problem with those types of fantasy shows, though. They, they, they have a little bit of action, a little bit of suspense and drama, but then just all this, this monotonous talking and it's it's never gotten my interest but that's why i think horror is so exciting to me because most you know every good horror film you think about you know you're never like oh i love the scenario they're in no i like michael myers i like you know freddy krueger i like jason Voorhees. i like jigsaw that's what we talk about in horror films we never really talk about like oh man if i was stuck in a box like no we're talking about these guys and what they do that's why serial killer documentaries do so well right because we want to know what got it in their head we want to know all about that psychology so there's very few that are situational that's really interesting you say because i never thought about it that way but 
yes, it's the first time I've wa- I'm watching the Saw franchise as a whole. Mm-hmm. But I was alive in the mid 2000s. I Saw was the biggest horror franchise by far. I think far away at number two was Final Destination. That might have been okay. the second big or maybe Hostel. I always thought Final Destination was more popular than Hostel, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I couldn't tell you what came from which movie, but I know other kids would be talking about, you know, I would hear stuff. Yeah. I would see clips. Not really that but it was around there's marketing you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you can't escape these big franchises like nowadays you can't escape marvel (laughs) right Right. yes oh my gosh yeah (laughs) that's a whole other thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) and saw saw was that level of big i don't know what the big horror franchise is right now because i feel like the legacy horror franchises have taken over again halloween is back scream is Mm -hmm. back leatherface hasn't they're making another saw and spiral came out not that long ago so saw is back chucky has a tv show there was a new candy man there's another jason coming back yeah there's another Jason. Aliens getting mm-hmm. a TV show. There's two Hellraiser things coming out. Predator yes, just did. killed it on Hulu. Like mm-hmm. with Prey. Yeah. Yeah. I heard that was good. I have not seen it yet, but that's on my list to look to look at next. Oh, I'm a huge Predator fan. Everyone who listening to the podcast is like, oh shit, here he goes on Predator oh, again. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. Then, um, yeah. Austin, yeah. I gotta get you in touch with my buddy uh, Cheeky. He is like <laughs> a huge Predator fan. You guys could go nuts with that one. Oh yeah! Send me his info later. We're, we're <laughs> yeah. gonna we're gonna talk. I love Predator, but you but you know what I mean. Like yes. I don't know what the big horror franchise is right now. Gun to the head, I would say. Oh, that's like a saw thing. Um, sorry. <laughs> I would say it, Halloween's a top dog right now. Yeah, I'm with you. You can't kill the boogeyman. It's easy to forget how big saw was because mm-hmm. it wasn't until yeah. paranormal activity came out yeah. that kind of unseated saw i think i'm a little younger than you because when i was in high school paranormal activity was the big thing okay yeah i was uh i was just getting out of high school so i think it was like my first year at college was when i saw paranormal yeah activity. Mm-hmm. so i think we might have if we went to the same high school we either would have just missed each other or we would have had one year of overlap yeah there you go yeah exactly but like you know being a kid in the 2000s like i do remember saw but i don't remember i mean a little bit the situations like other kids being like and then her head was in a bear trap you know but every they always talked about jigsaw so you're absolutely right that's my convoluted way that's my convoluted way of saying how you're describing horror being character based as opposed to situation based and that's me um short story long saying yeah i agree right <laughs> yes short story long for sure <laughs> no i i agree and then that's the thing is like obviously there's going to be those other horror films that are situational based like but that's the thing okay so you know our our horror films we can base them on you know characters like those are probably the most popular but you know the second thing that has everybody talking are horror films with great concepts concept films being you know, The Ring, It Follows, you know, films like that where, you know, the whole thing is a, a situation that uh, arises from something and now they got to get their way out. Uh, even Evil Dead, for the most part, has that kind of thing. You know, they, they open the book and, you know, now all these zombies are here and all these people are infected. So, yeah, if you don't have, like, that's my probably my recommendation to anybody that wants to make a horror film or, or write a story is make it either character-based or concept-based. If you can do one of those two or combine them even better, 
of course, but I think you're going to have something that could potentially be huge uh, from that. And that's why the genre is so awesome to me because, because you know, we're, we're finding ways to explore, ways to scare people. And, and, I, and I could argue that it's actually harder to make a horror film than a comedy film. I think it's easier to make people laugh. I don't think it's as easy to make people, you know, fearful or scared because if it's not done right, then people are going to be bored or they're going to laugh at it and think it's corny. And that's the one, probably the biggest fear in any filmmaker's life is viewing their serious work as cheesy. So No, I totally understand that. My favorite type of horror is like horror that blends itself with comedy. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily horror comedies, although I do love a good horror comedy, but I'm thinking like movies like American Werewolf in London okay. and Scream, okay. where it's like, yeah. okay, you, I guess you could call them a horror comedy, but to me, they're horror movies that are just funny, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. I mean, with Scream, you know, basically making fun of the genre, but still, you know, incorporating the genre. It's it's yeah, you're right. It's it's funny, but still engaging, but still can be scary, too. So, yeah, I think Saw 4, I'm not saying it's funny or like comedy, but I do think in Saw 4 is the one with the police detective. They all have police detectives. Um, Riggs. With Detective Tap? Yeah, Riggs. Or, yeah, Riggs. Riggs. Sorry, Detective Riggs. Yep. Because mm-hmm. Tap is... Tap's in the Donald, first one. Danny Glover, right? Yep. Tap's yep, Danny exactly. Glover. Okay. Yep. yep. And Riggs, Riggs is the one looking for Donnie Wahlberg. Yes. Forgive me. I've seen all these... Like, I started this on Sunday. <laughs> so they're <laughs> no. kind of melding together a little bit. So, yeah. Funny <laughs> enough, with uh, Donnie Wahlberg, uh, my friend Dana, when she was watching it, she would call him Cop Daddy. <laughs> that was always her <laughs> reference. She's like, what's happening to Cop Daddy in this? Or or I think Cop Daddy's going to die or whatever, you know? Like, So now I get just now he's Cop Daddy to me. That's all I can call him in this. I know we did a spoiler war- warning earlier, but I'm just going to... Mm-hmm blanket the rest of the episode full spoilers for every saw movie even the ones i haven't seen because i don't care i'll (laughs) i'll get my mind will still be blown when i get to it that's just the type of viewer i am but (laughs) all the saw spoilers you've been warned mostly because i want to say this when Donnie Wahlberg got his head smashed by the fucking ice cubes yeah i was like what what (laughs) at the moment i would say saw four is my least favorite wow really i i just didn't i wasn't following and it i could have just it could have just been i watched three whole saw movies that Um, could be it too it feels like just very long yeah and i'm like Okay, I'm getting tired. So I could have just been a little cranky. I'll give it to I'm you. Definitely, I'll, give it to you. <laughs> I'll definitely revisit this franchise. I've been enjoying it a lot, but yeah. that ending got me pumped. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, the fact that the, the whole timeline of events in three were happening the same time as four. That was such a cool, clever twist. The fact that it was all happening at the same time. So seeing that, and you're like, wait a second, what? What? Oh my gosh, it's a whole continuation now, you know, of of all of them. And so for me, actually, Saw 4 is my third favorite. My favorite is the first one because I just, there's no way you're ever going to take, you know, uh, replicate that surprise wow factor, right? And then the third one is my second favorite. Right now, right now, I'm just, I'm going in order of chronological release in terms of my Mm -hmm. ranking. Okay, Um, that's fair. I'm not including Spiral. 
because okay. that one is so different. Yeah, it's not really. I don't. I just consider that a fan film. <laughs> it's not a film to me. It's the same, but it's different. Like it's weird. Um. Yeah. I I liked a lot of it, but then rewatching the first Saw, I was like, oh, that's a movie. Like that is how you do it. I must yeah. have been in a really good mood when I watched Spiral. Like I'm not trying to put down that film or anything, but there is sure. a definite talent, um, not talent. There's a definite quality gap between Saw and Spiral. Oh, I almost well, yeah, said talent gap, like their football teams. Um, <laughs> a quality yeah, quarterback, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's the same amount of talent because there's a lot of people that worked on Spiral that are very talented filmmakers and then like Samuel L. Jackson's in it and I love him. Yeah. But it's nothing to do with talent. It was just me. College football is coming back this weekend. So I got that on the mind. <laughs> yeah, but... no, I think I think Chris Rock will, will uh, forgive you. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I was digging it. But like I said, I must have been in a really good mood because when I watched Sog yeah. and I was like, oh, there's a definite quality gap. Well, yeah, when you watch like eight of the films and then you see that one, that's where you kind of go, mm, um, why are we doing this? You know, like, what was the point? And that's that's how I felt about it. It was nice to see, a, you know, a modern day take on it and stuff or a new a new uh, look for it. But yeah, just, you know, it's one of those things. It's like, you know, Coca-Cola trying to rebrand itself as a, a different type of flavor or something. You, everyone likes classic Coke. You know, once you once you veer off the pla- the path, and you start making your you know your off brands and your RC colas and all that stuff. Like, I'm sorry, but you can't beat Coca Cola. You just can't. And no, that's the perfect way to put it because it's it, Spiral is like RC cola. Like, it was fine. I liked it. It got mm-hmm. the job done. Yeah. But it ain't Coke. It ain't right. that original saw. And you can say that with a lot of horror franchises too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I I will go out and. I am a public defender of Halloween Kills. I liked that movie. I did too. It, um, it ain't Halloween. <laughs> no, no, it's not. But there was something still interesting about it. Did I love it? No, I. but I will say I just, I had fun watching it. And I think that's, honestly, that's a success in itself. And I've been that way with all the Saw movies so far, including Spiral. Mm-hmm. with the exception being saw four but like i said i think i was cranky at that point i i went through a bunch of saw movies beforehand so i i think i was tapped out <laughs> yeah oh I bet. Um, at that point yeah because sometimes it's not a movie's fault you know so sure no i mean yeah definitely your mood can you know uh affect things i mean i've always told myself that with certain movies like you know if i'm gonna watch a lord of the rings movie i need to be in the mood to watch that movie because i'm not gonna sit through two and a half hours of this if i'm if i got things on my mind or whatever right like we we watch a movie because we want to escape from the day-to-day life it's not the only reason but it's it's a it's a solid reason for some of us if i have things on my mind or you know i i, I can't sit and watch a movie properly then i don't really want to watch it and and my opinion of it might change too according to that so that's why i like watching things in the movie theater and you know watching saw i wish it was an experience you saw in the theater because it definitely it it felt different watching them like watching these twists and 
you know, hearing your friends next to you going like, oh my God, like that happened. Or, you know, it, it was totally a different experience watching it in the theater versus just like watching it on your own at home or whatever. Like that's why if I, when I rewatch them, like I had, you know, my friends uh, watch it last last year and we binged watched like all seven, well, not all seven at once. We did like bursts of two, basically. It was like one and two, three and four, five and six, and then seven by itself. And I remember my friend Nate, just like, you know, him and his, his uh, fiance, uh, Dana, they would they would both they grab a sheet of paper and they would write out what they thought the endings were gonna be or what the scenario was and we did like a saw bingo where we were like okay you know what's gonna happen here and all this stuff so funny enough my friend Nate he writes it all down and are you sure you want me to say any spoilers for seven on this one Austin are you okay with that because I'm I'm a man of my word I'm okay with it (laughs) also because I still have to finish five by the time Uh I get to seven I'm hoping by the time I get to seven I would have forgotten this (laughs) and I wouldn't have gotten to it while editing because obviously editing this episode i'm going to be reminded i think i'm going to watch seven in that sweet spot between finishing the edit and (laughs) this moment in time okay well all right you asked (laughs) so (laughs) nate had put in his bingo card that he thought dr gordon would return (gasps) does he i won't say which film but he does return. And it was funny because Dana was making fun of him the whole time and saying like, no, come on, they wouldn't bring him back. Like, cause there was actually a whole lawsuit that had happened, uh, I guess from the first movie because he uh, he wasn't getting the proper, or like he wanted a, a bigger salary or no, I think it's, he wanted like 1% of the royalties to the first movie and they weren't giving him it or something. So he just said like, screw you guys, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But they ended up, they ended up negotiating by, like the sixth one that came out and they figured out a deal and then they brought him back in in the last one so i won't obviously i don't want to go that far into detail on it because i think there's some cool stuff you should discover yourself but i will say it was the biggest treat and the biggest reward for for sitting through all of the films not that they were literal torture pun intended but (laughs) but no like being able to see that reward sticking it out for nearly gosh, seven, seven, eight years to then find out all this information that you find out in the seventh one. And that's why I'm saying you'll like most of it because I think some of the characters, some of the traps are okay. You can probably already tell most of the acting is not Oscar-worthy stuff. Like the acting's just kind of okay. It's good in some areas. It's believable in some areas. But like overall, you kind of watch and you're like, okay, this could be better. It's a little too cheesy in certain areas. Well, my only criticism, oh, put my nose up. I- I'm sorry, but... I can't take myself that seriously. Like, and here's my t- critique of the Saw franchise. I'm like, it ain't that kind of movie. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, you go on YouTube and you see these like five hour videos criticizing the current Marvel or Star Wars movie. And in my mind, I'm just like, it ain't that type of movie, bro. Like, <laughs> right. Why right. are you putting so much effort for a popcorn flick? Like, mm-hmm. not to. This, not to discredit Saw or Marvel or Star Wars, because I'm a fan of each, especially right. Star Wars. I'm a huge Star Wars not. But what I've noticed so far with Saw is I feel like the different actors, a lot of times I think they're acting like they're all in different movies. Okay. Because some I of think them. I get where you're, at, yeah, you're going from. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like some of them are in on the inherent campiness <laughs> of some of it, you know? Okay fair no i i mean i get it like there's definitely different things um uh you know for that so i don't know i i definitely feel feel you on that that 
it does. That's weird that you picked that up. Because now that I'm kind of reviewing that, that's actually a great way to describe it. And it might have helped that I have seen my fair share of horror films. I know people are <laughs> doubting that now because I came out as like, yeah, I've never seen the Saw franchise until now. <laughs> but doing this rewatch of the original and then the watching of the other ones, I can't help but think of James Wan's latest film, Malignant. I did see that earlier this year, actually. Yeah. Yeah. That. And mm -hmm. that's like a really campy movie yeah. where if you're not in on the joke it's like it's gonna suck <laughs> mm -hmm. and sure enough it, it did feel that way and it was funny because we were watching and we're like halfway in and we're like this is bad this is bad right this is this is terrible and then all of a sudden it just totally changes and i'm like what are we watching now <laughs> what is this <laughs> yeah you know and I'm, but i'm interested let's go and that's how i feel with some of the middle saw movies because mm -hmm. at first i'm like oh this is not good i'm not really enjoying this but then i don't know maybe my brain changed or maybe i like something clicked or i'm like oh no 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 i'm watching a soap opera <laughs> with guts and it's kind of amazing <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like it clicked for me. I got it, sure, you know, sure. Not that I didn't understand it on an intellectual level, but like sometimes you can understand a movie, but not get it, if that makes sense. Oh, of course. And I wasn't getting these sequels until it just clicked and I realized what it was doing. And that's probably another reason why I wasn't really digging Saw 4, because <laughs> that's when the click happened was at the end of Saw 4. OK, so um, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Then now that I think about it, I, I don't know, maybe Saw 3 might be my least favorite one. Oh, now that I think I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but here's my thing with Saw 3. I was completely invested in the whole jigsaw amanda doctor plot line mm -hmm. i did not give a shit about what's his name um oh my gosh it's on the my tongue too i just watched uh, this movie the other day and i'm already forgotten it uh there are so many characters no i know but like he's it's like hard. jeff that's right i knew it jeff. was a J. okay jeff, yes well i didn't like him like, well, yeah, what's likable about I, him? And every time it was his plot line, I would mentally check out. Okay. <laughs> like, I really did not like him. Fair. It's not the actor's fault. I'm not blaming the actor. Mm -hmm. I just, what an awful character. Well, what an idiot. Like, he was stupid like, the whole time. <laughs> and I felt dumber for watching that mm -hmm. character. And mm -hmm. then the ending happens, and I'm like, wait, what, what, what? <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah just like and that's the thing like so it's funny like the reason you know so I, it sounds like i have to redeem myself for putting it as my second favorite no no, no you don't have to redeem. no no i'm the saw noob if anything <laughs> i don't know what i'm i have the rest of the saw no. franchise to watch. Hey, the thing is is you're you have the ability to watch them all all the way through right like one through you know seven in in pretty quick doses in between you know i had seven years uh to watch all of these like it, that's how long it took me to watch all of them so but the thing i i think the thing i liked about the third one is that we finally we were again we were more character focused that's why i liked one a lot too right we only had two guys really we were paying attention to and in the third one we kind of went back to that as well where we're following him second one i know majority of people actually do like like that's probably one of the more popular ones i i get why you know but for me it was again it was so many characters at once that it was hard for me to want to get in 
invested into it. But what I liked about Jeff's story is like this idea of redemption. And, you know, you have a guy here who, you know, I mean, like, like it's kind of a cliched story now, but at that time, it was exciting to me that this guy had the choice uh, to, to basically save or, or, or kill these people um, in every situation. And, the fact that he kept being selfish throughout was like, you know, very frustrating. And we're like, geez, just save him, man, just save him. But then, you know, you start to rewatch it. And and the, for me, the difference starts changing. So, you know, I was 15, 16 years old when I, yeah, I think it was like 15, 16, when I watched the third one. And uh, I remember going like, this is easy. He's like, save them all, blah, blah, blah. But then like, you know, you go and you watch it again as an adult. So I watched it last year. And I'm like, let me just put myself in this guy's shoes. Like, how do I put myself in this guy's shoes? And so I'm just thinking like, okay, you know, my my son is killed by this this irresponsible driver. You know, the judge gives him a light sentence and you know, the woman watching like basically dodges from court or whatever doesn't like hers I think she should that one was the only one for me for sure, like one hundred percent certainty, he should have helped her out. Okay, like, come on, a bystander, like, didn't do anything wrong. Like, there's nothing really morally against her on that part of it. No crime committed, other than just not being present or not showing up or something like that. I don't know, whatever. But the judge, I'm like, okay, like, I'd be pissed at this judge. Now, my thinking of saving them all, I would still save them all if that, if you're wondering that. Because, like, of course, I would. I, I just don't think, you know, ending somebody's life, especially if they it wasn't intentional, is right. You know, I've always been back and forth about the death penalty. And I think there are certain people that deserve that in terms like, you know, if somebody were to hell, heaven forbid, do something to a child, use your imagination. I, I think that there should be some serious, you know, laws in place for that. Uh, very strict, very savage laws for stuff like that. But, you know, when it comes to somebody's behavior like that, where it was negligence or not paying attention or, or whatever, they need to go to jail. And I, I agree, like the judge's sentencing was terrible. Like it could have been definitely better. Like even if you did it on accident, the, the thing is, is it was totally controllable. Now, if he had no control of his vehicle, like let's say somehow the brake pedal didn't work and he, he you know, he killed the the kid totally different story i don't think he should go to jail at all the fact that maybe he was look you know they don't really say exactly but if he was just on his cell phone and then he killed this kid well then yeah you have to pay the consequence for that you shouldn't be texting and driving you shouldn't be on your phone you shouldn't be eating a hot dog while driving whatever he's doing so that's the thing is like yeah I, I i really tried to get into his head and i'm like okay the only thing i could come up with is this guy's got a mental illness and uh that is why he's choosing this route he thinks okay well you hurt me i should hurt you and we talk about you know we I'm sure a lot of us have talked about depression and things like that and you know there's a reason why depressed people try to make other people happy is because they don't want to be they don't want that person to feel like they do, right? So they do nice things or they try to make them laugh or things like that. Then you have the other type of people who are like, I'm hurting, you should hurt too. And so he falls into that category where he's saying, you know, yeah, I'm in pain, I'm hurting, I'm suffering. You need to know what I feel like. You deserve that. Rather than just going, you know what? I'm in a lot of pain. This was not intentional. I forgive you. I, you know, but you do deserve punishment but you don't deserve death and that's that's kind of the mindset I had as I was watching it but in his shoes I totally get where he's coming from like I understand him as a character and that's a big difference
Yeah, I get that completely. But that's not something you get on a first watch when you've no. watched two movies <laughs> beforehand. And so I did not put that much thought into it. Um, well, right. Yeah. I mean, that's why you're, that's why we're having this conversation. <laughs> right. Because right? I'm, I'm the fanboy here. Like, I, I definitely looked into it. And funny enough, I did actually guess how the entire series ended on the seventh one. I knew what was going to happen before it happened because the the whole franchise spelled it out for me. They literally were pointing it out in each film. And I'd go on Reddit forums or blog forums or whatever and kind of read over it. I don't know if Reddit... Was Reddit around in 2010? I'm not sure. I have um, no clue. <laughs> but, but I remember going on forums or ta- talking on Facebook and things like that and watching a lot of YouTube videos and seeing how you know these films would uh, end, essentially. And it all made sense to me. I was like, okay, I get this, I get that, I get that. You know, that makes sense. And Dr. Gordon, so my buddy, when we went there to watch, he got so upset with me because he's like, wow, he's like, you you know, here we go, seven years down the drain because you guessed the ending like this perfectly. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just, I saw it. I saw it coming. But uh, I, I went on a tangent here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> trying to think. Yeah, but no, I like, that's the thing is like, so yeah, studying these films, it, it just, I think I really was a- obsessed over the psychology and I actually played all the video games too. They had two video games. Oh uh, yeah. I don't know if you ever played them or knew about them, but I did not had... know about them. <laughs> yeah. So I think they were on GameCube, I wanna say. Because that's uh... a Nintendo property. <laughs> <laughs> it was either that or maybe it was Xbox. I don't remember, but the I, thing is, uh, my head canon is it's GameCube, right between Animal Crossing and uh, Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yep, yep. Nope, they're all friends. No, I remember playing the games, and the games were actually pretty cool. Like you had to go through a bunch of different traps and all that kind of stuff. The first one was awesome. The second one, just they were just trying to milk it for more money, I think, um, which a lot of games do. But the first one, I was like, okay, wow. Wow, saw like way to go way to way to try and make this work you know yeah because usually actually, they don't try on the first one like the first movie video game tie-in they don't even try on that one yeah no they did better on the first than the second and uh the first one it was funny they actually it was like a uh, alternative uh storyline where detective tap was actually in jigsaw's traps oh wow so you played from his perspective on this stuff which was really neat. But uh but yeah, no. So like there's just yeah, there's a lot to look into. There's definitely a, there's a lot of easter eggs. I mean, they they really thought this out. Like they have me convinced still to this day that they figured they knew the whole series by the first movie uh in my mind because i mean they always are pulling you know lines of dialogue from older films and you're like oh my god it all ties together you know and things like that so i feel like everything everything feels so calculated in its place and so even if you'd like one movie more than the other that movie was imperative to get to the next one which will later on be uncovered at the end kind of thing so they all feel appropriate and perfectly fit and it's just a matter of you know you being able to decipher it and see seeing what the ending is so i'm curious austin and i would love to hear your dissertation of the seventh one before you watch it and see what you think happens because <laughs> I, I i i wonder if you pick up on anything watching them well i'll i'll text you because i i gotta finish five and yeah. i have to watch six first <laughs> yes yes yeah and i do i do have an ace in a hole provided i provided i remember it <laughs> that's <laughs> true 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 um, but i do gotta say when i because i watched uh i watched a good bit of five i watched a lot of it but okay. near the beginning there was a picture of danny glover and i was like oh i know him partly because danny glover is super famous but because that's a character i like from the first movie 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I think what helped me enjoy five a lot more is I, that was the only movie I watched that day. (laughs) I didn't watch a bunch of other stuff beforehand. And I was like, but I started recognizing the stuff from the other movies and like what you're saying. And I'm very impressed with the continuity because it is like very meticulous and very, um, I mean, it's pretty easy to fool me watching them all at once (laughs) for Mm -hmm. the first time. Yeah, they either knew what they were doing from the very start or they just know their franchise so well. Right, which, I, you know, I'm willing to bet it's both, a mix of both. Because, you know, I mean, that's the thing is we could talk about like, oh, they said the right thing and all that stuff, blah, blah. Now, there's obviously like certain things like in the uh, the third one, like when he eats that, remember he puts that wax over the tape. And then in the fourth one, it's revealed he eats it and that's why it's in his stomach. And they, you know, pop out the tape like that was clever. Like that was that was cool because they set three up for four, you know, that way. So, and the fact that he dies in the third film, now it's like, you're probably, you're probably wondering like, what, what the hell do we have for a franchise now with him, you know? So, but it's like, they still find ways to make that consistently exciting and new throughout and still use him because again, there's so much backstory to go with. I mean, look at, yeah, it is four when you see his first victim, right? Yeah. The fact that you, you learn about the pig mask, you learn about, you know, this guy that like, you know, he had a child on the way. And now that that he, that guy was responsible for the death of his child. And so like that was really interesting to see that side of it. You also see a, a good human side to Jigsaw. And, and you realize he was actually a good guy, but it was his lack of faith in humanity that, you know, I, for me, like that's all I saw. I only saw... Gosh, I keep using Saw. But I only saw... <laughs> I only saw the Saw films as like jigsaws way to uh (laughs) to um prove to himself that you know people are gonna be selfish they're gonna act a certain way but i think he desperately wanted people to prove him wrong that you know they these there were people that did want to live that did want to survive that did see the value in their own life and so i think that's what's really cool is you know they just they did something like that instead of uh or he he thought of it that way versus him just going yeah let's just kill a bunch of people like there was always a reason behind each person and why they were tortured or kidnapped or things like that again obviously i'm not saying this guy's like you know a saint or anything like that but right like he's still evil he's still evil but there's a morality yeah and that's what's interesting about it is you're like okay like these people that he has it's almost like dexter right like i feel like dexter is kind of loosely inspired of jigsaw in that way because dexter's doing kind of a similar thing Except with him, he doesn't give anybody a chance. He just kills them. Where Jigsaw's like, you know, let's go through this rehabilitation. Let's find a way for you to cure your disease. And it's through this. And I'm going to go on a limb here and say he really was never successful (laughs) with that. Because, you know, people obviously acted the way they did. But the ones that did survive, I mean, yeah, they valued their own life. But did they really do anything that was meaningful to society after that? I say the answer is absolutely not. And to use Amanda as an example, because I I thought Amanda was a really strong character. She is, yeah. She took the, how do I want to say it? I guess the wrong lesson from the teachings. Mm -hmm. Because she was not giving 
a chance for any, she was just killing. She was making impossible games. Mm-hmm. And so the ones that do survive, like they take away the wrong message. So what are you really doing? Jigsaw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, And in spiral, if I remember correctly, cause it's the guy who's a copycat killer. Mm-hmm. Um, he takes the wrong message from Jigsaw by being a copycat killer. Right. I mean, there's a morality to him going after corruption in the police, which right, is a really interesting topic to explore in a Saw movie. Yeah. But he's still a bad guy. And, the, and this is what makes Jigsaw a bad guy is they appoint themselves the judge, the jury, and basically the executioner. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. he killed himself. Technically, yeah. who put him in the trap? <laughs> right. Right, exactly. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you know, when uh, uh, when Donnie Wahlberg, you know, makes that, he says it. He goes, you know, oh, yeah, you know, uh, putting a gun to their head and forcing them to pull the trigger is still murder. You know, he literally says that. That's where I got my thought from. I'm not original, guys. I just. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's a good I thought- point, though. Well, I thought it was being really clever. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. That <laughs> was you... literally. I mean, you picked up a you picked up a valid point, though. He's you're absolutely right. Like you did put him in the room. You did force them to do that thing. So, no, Austin, I think it's actually a great point that you, you're 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 bringing back to the surface here is that, you know, this guy says he's got all these, you know, th- all this morality behind it or rehabilitation and blah, blah, blah. I'm a doctor, which you're not. And, uh, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, murder is murder. And, like, okay, yeah, technicality, blah, blah, blah. But, like, you know, it's the same as, like, if you put somebody into a hole and then a crocodile goes in the hole and eats that person, you're going to get something. You're not going to just walk away scot-free here. Like, you threw them in a hole and you didn't give them a rope. You told them to climb their way out. To me, that's the same as like burying somebody alive. Like it's the same deal. And the fact that these games are so elaborate. Mm-hmm. No. Like, Not buying it, Jigsaw. Not buying it. <laughs> like you can live if you mm-hmm. uh, poke out your eye to get the key behind it. <laughs> yes. You know how much pain that must be? I mean, I oh, don't want to try it. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. But a lot of those... I see a lot of those jigsaw traps and I'm like, just kill me now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I ain't just, just do it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Easily. So, but it's, that's what makes jigsaw really interesting is you can kind of, it makes you look at your own morality, you know? Yeah. So I, yeah. yeah. You know, you, you do. Right. Exactly. You, you need your own. I wish I got to more of them so I can provide you with more, but I didn't. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, though. I was so pleased with the fact I got through any of them. (laughs) I messaged you earlier this week. I'm like, hey, I haven't really watched any of them. So uh, we'll see. And I got through a good chunk. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's uh, well, you got through the gist of it. I mean, that's the thing is like a lot of people, they only go through, uh, you know, the first one and then they're done kind of thing. You're far into this thing. But now you got to you got to see it through. And I want to. That's the thing. I want to. Yeah, exactly. Which I think it'll be worth it. I think when you finish seven, you'll go, you know, and obviously watch Jigsaw as well. But I mean, really, seven to me is where things like conclude. I think it'll be worth the payoff. Cool. Because I used to be like one and done for 
a while. I saw the first Saw, if I remember correctly, my mom and I rented it from Netflix back when they sold, um, not sold, but sent DVDs. Mm -hmm. And I was in high school. We watched Saw that way. And that was the first time I've seen Saw. And I've been a fan of the original ever since like that that was in high school that got to been like 10 years ago so mm-hmm. i just never got around <laughs> to the sequels sure. until now because while i do enjoy the franchise so far that first saw movie's on a whole other level <laughs> mm-hmm. it is and it it really does feel like a separate film from the others it's just you know but i mean again it's it's hard to replicate hard to duplicate that kind of stuff and that's why it's always going to be the best one. And I, and I really applaud the series because no matter how wonky or convoluted it can get, mm-hmm. it loves it's where it came from. Like oh, I yeah. can see that in each one. And Saw as a franchise gets a bad rap of being torture porn. And it's like, I'm watching these movies and I'm like, yeah, it's gory. And the gore can be a kind of gratuitous. But for mm-hmm. me, the true the main aspect of the film is the plot yeah. and like following the soap opera-ness and like the traps are cool, but I'm not thinking about the traps afterwards. No. I'm thinking about like, Oh, and the jigsaw did this. And then like that. And then uh, like the twists and the turns and the right drama within the characters. And I, I think to dismiss the saw franchise as just torture porn is uh, just wrong. I mean, that's coming from the perspective of somebody who hasn't watched the films, right? Like anybody could diss another series or, or movie by not seeing it and being like, oh, God, you know, like, like I said, I, I was not a Game of Thrones fan and I haven't watched all eight. So I can't even really give an opinion. But based on what I watched, I just I lost interest. So I didn't want to continue kind of thing. But yeah, it's like somebody saying, like you said, yeah, calling them torture porn. And yet all these people that are calling it that have not seen a single one but they in their head they have the idea of oh that's what it is it's nothing more than that blah 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 blah. but yet i have people that are you know serious film critics or serious like film watchers watching this and going okay look not saying this is oscar worthy stuff here but it it does have some merit to it it does have you know a little more than than just traps and death and that's it like there are movies that are like that like the movie the terrifier uh, have you ever seen that yeah. one? Awesome. Okay. <laughs> I, I have so a I... story. I have a story. I've seen a part of it. I have not okay. seen the whole thing. Do you want to hear the story real yeah, quick? Yeah, let's hear it. Yeah. My friend, and I was hanging out with my buddy. Uh, he's a big horror fan too. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually been on the podcast. So I'm calling you out, Doug. Um, <laughs> I was hanging out with my friend, Doug, and we were watching Bird Box on Netflix. Okay. And it was a long weekend or something. I don't remember. I fell asleep. And I wake up to Art the Clown stabbing someone in the head and like just going hard and it's super bloody and gory. And I'm Mm -hmm. thinking to myself, Bird Box really took a turn. (laughs) (laughs) It took me it took me a little bit to realize he had put on Terrifier. And at that point, I'm like, "Okay, dude, I'm going to bed now. (laughs) Yeah, I know. At that oh point, my I'm gosh. like, okay, the night's over. <laughs> Honestly, Austin, I think I would have more interest in the film if I had found, if I was in your situation, I'd probably be like, oh, how did we get to this? Let me rewind this real quick. 
<laughs> it was a good prank, a great mm-hmm. prank, but mm-hmm. I think I was done. I was I was over it, but um, yeah. I'm never going to let him live that down or let myself live that down. That was a great prank. I got got good. <laughs> got got, yeah. I got got, yeah. So yeah, I do know Art the Clown. <laughs> So, okay, yeah, you're familiar. So, yeah, exactly. But, like, those are, like, films I feel like aren't really deep. They're just more, you know, gorier type of killer films, which there's nothing wrong with that either. Like, I mean, I, I sometimes that's what I want to watch, too. I just, you know, I want to go through those steps and, and all that. So, but, yeah, I think these ones, I think, are a little more, I don't want to say educated, but there's definitely, there's a, there's more of a psychology behind it and more thinking than just, you know, okay, these are some people that died in some traps. Like, let's, right. let's go beyond it, you know, go beyond it's, the art on that. It's like the difference between Friday the 13th and mm-hmm. Saw, because Friday the 13th, for literally f- four movies straight, uh, no, seven movies straight, it's Jason, our insert Jason-like character here, uh, shout out Pamela Voorhees, killing horny teenagers at Camp mm-hmm. Crystal Lake. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until the eighth one where it's like fuck it throw them in new york (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly and and at a certain point the friday the 13th franchise just was just what's the most creative way we can get jason to kill these teens whereas in saw i don't i don't feel what is the most creative way we can tear apart a human body that we haven't done yet there is a creativity in that department don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong i'm watching some of this shit and I'm like, like, oh, yeah. why? No, <laughs> like yeah. I'm, I'm uh, getting mm-hmm. grossed out. But mm-hmm. I feel like they, they're taking so much care into the continuity and the plot and the, just the character and later after his passing, the mythos of John Kramer. And you don't get that from Friday the 13th. You get that from a franchise like... Scream, I think, is the only one that really takes account its care, like its continuity and its plot lines. Because Halloween's been remade and rebooted and redone so many times. Mm-hmm. A Nightmare on Elm Street as a franchise, well, there's a good continuity with Nightmare. I think Nightmare's up there with Saw and Scream as like horror franchises that actually care about their continuity. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But that's like true. A Nightmare on Elm Street, I feel like some of those movies. We're just like, what crazy dream shit can Freddy get into? <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing, right? You gotta, you gotta up it from the last one. You can't like keep right. consistent. But, but I think that's the problem, is right. Like, I think there's a point where you gotta realize you're trying to compete with yourself as a filmmaker, and when you get to that point, that's when you need to, to be done, and just leave it where it's at. It, it, it's like, yeah, I still have a ways to go. But I'm willing to bet that's when they stopped was when they're like, okay, we can't keep this going. Like exactly to your point, just judging for from where I'm at right now, I'm like, yes, they're trying to up the gore, but I feel like that's secondary towards the plot and the story, the stories they are trying to tell. Like Mm -hmm. for me, Saw feels like a story first franchise. I would agree with that uh it's it's very much like that and that's how the films felt but that's why like like jigsaw and spiral they feel like side quests it's like we beat the main story now we're just like you know what is what was you know what did jigsaw do for fun or 
you know, what was his first item that he used or something like that, you know. Like and I appreciate like, that because it doesn't yeah. mess with the core story, but you still get to be in that world. Right, right. Which, I mean, no, don't get me wrong. If they make another one, about when they make the next one, I'm going to be there for it in theaters for sure. But I'm definitely not running to the theater uh, as hard with these ones as I would you know, a direct sequel to the overall franchise. But if the overall franchise is like done, they told the story. Where do you go from there? You know? Yeah. Well, that's what we're going to find out with this newest one that's supposed to come out. Oh, is it a direct sequel? I don't know if it is, to be honest with you. I just, they just, they talked about making another Saw film. And uh, they said that I, I believe it was Kevin Gruder, which he was like the editor for the, the whole series is directing it. So, I mean, at least they're going to have one of the main faces behind the series running it. So I'll take that. But I will say that, like, I'm okay with it being done when they want to be done. Like, I'm not going to be like, please more. Like, I respect it so much with how it is and everything. And, and you know, the seven, eight films, not counting Spiral, because I just won't count that one. Um <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's just, it doesn't feel right at all for what it was. I mean, I remember walking out of the theater going, oh, God, why? Why did this one get made, you know? But yeah, the, these other ones, like, you know, they were great. They're fun. I enjoyed them all the way through. Some things here and there weren't, weren't a fan of, but overall, like, they're rewatchable to me. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, if they can surprise me again, that's great, but... Uh, this is one of those things that it's fine to keep it preserved, but if they also want to go crazy and remake it and do a bunch of stuff, I'll, I'll entertain it. <laughs> I'll watch it. Yeah. Cause no, it could be like the worst movie ever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Doesn't take away that that first saw movies legit. Yeah. And so it's like a lot of people have been ragging on Jurassic world dominion. Yeah, and I heard that's like my franchise is Jurassic Park. That is like my big one because Jurassic Park's my favorite movie. So a lot of people mm-hmm. that know me know this and they're like, I'm sorry, Jurassic World Dominion sucked. And I'm like, and I'm like, I didn't make the movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's fine. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it doesn't ruin the like the original movie is still the original movie right so it's like i can watch a bad jurassic park movie it's not going to ruin my day mm-hmm. or no, like nor should yeah, it. it's not going to yeah. ruin my childhood um <laughs> <laughs> my childhood yeah because like at the end of the day the first movie is still one of the greatest movies of all time and that's the same thing with saw I've been very, very impressed with the Saw franchise. I'm kind of kicking myself, kicking myself in the butt for not actually getting into it sooner. But sure. I'm, but I'm glad that I'm writing this wrong and I'm <laughs> uh, getting rid of this cinematic blind spot. <laughs> <laughs> You've been redeemed. I'm in the process of. In the process of redemption, <laughs> yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if I actually get through the game. hey i gotta ask Mm -hmm. now i'm thinking about how i want to ask this because the title of the show is would you die yes and it's easy if the topic of the episode is the xenomorph because first off no (laughs) but it's like or if the topic is a ghost face like Mm -hmm. what makes this question hard is how do I ask, would you die when encountering Jigsaw when there's no clue what kind of trap you're going <laughs> to? 
Right. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess you could ask it like this, you know, um, whatever it was, you know, would you be willing to go through it kind of thing? I think ultimately, yes. I think the only like trap where I would be like, just kill me would be like something where I got to cut off my arms or I have to go blind. Right. Or, like things like that where it's like, well, come on, man. Like, you now you're ruining my quality of life. Like <laughs> if it's. You know, but if it's like uh, you have to like go through a pit of needles, you know, go through barbed wire, like, okay, yeah, that sucks. But at least like I could probably get through that, you know, or even even the guy that cuts out his eyeball in the second one. Well, didn't do it, but, you know, like (laughs) one eye. okay, fine. Like, I guess, you know, but like both eyes and like all that, like the guy in the fourth one, when he had to have those things go over his eyes, like. Right. Forget it. Uh, you know, I'm not going to live my life blind. Just, just, just let's get this over with. <laughs> you know, so like stuff like that. Yeah. Or, you know, a foot like fine. But uh, man, the uh, well, you watch the fifth one. So I'm trying to think Did the beginning of the fifth one. The beginning of the fifth one was where the guy has to put his hands in the thingies. I'm very descriptive as a person. You can tell. Um, he has to put his hands in the thingies, and the thingies are cutting him. And then it's the axe that's swinging. Oh, okay, that was the fifth one. Yeah, the the, yeah. the pendulum, the pendulum. Yeah, thing. thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the sixth one you haven't seen. I haven't got that to that. Part. No. Yeah, that one. Okay, so yeah, the sixth one is like so frustrating. Like in terms of what they have to do, because you're like, oh my god, like I couldn't do this. I think it's the beginning of the sixth one. It's basically two people against each other. That's how you'll know is it's two people against each other. But uh, that one's intense, and that one I'm just like, screw it, no, because there's just so much dismemberment and lo- losing parts of your body and stuff like that. And it's like, no. <laughs> so well, uh, I got two sub questions to go with that okay because you opened it up for me and i'm like oh now i know (laughs) well i guess three questions the first two are related so the first the first one is what is your favorite saw trap Ooh, all right favorite one um if i'm looking through one no probably like the most enjoyable to watch i'd probably still have to go and i'm I, i mean i'm probably throwing the cliche route but that reverse bear trap there was something so fascinating about that and that mechanism. Like it deserves everything for that one. The it's definitely other, iconic. Yeah, the only other one I would say is the merry-go-round trap, and that's in the sixth one, which you haven't seen yet. That one is tough. That one probably was the most suspenseful for me out of all the traps in the whole franchise. Had to be hands down. So the merry-go-round, I'd probably say if we're getting away from cliche was my, my favorite to watch. Okay. Cause my next questions were going to be, would you survive your favorite trap? And then I was going to bring up how the reverse bear trap is easily the most iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you would survive that, would you die in the reverse okay. bear trap? <laughs> so the reverse bear trap, I think I would potentially survive. The only thing that would be tough about that one is because obviously you got to stab the stomach of somebody else in order to get the key out unless they give you a key or like you have to find a key but like let's say we had to exactly replicate the first one yeah so what's funny is I, i'm glad you brought this up because apparently in the swedish subtitles of that first one he says the stomach the the key is in the stomach of your dead cellmate like as in you know 
jail, right? Yeah. In the Swedish subtitles, apparently the translation is in the stomach of your dead soulmate. <gasps> oh, no. Right? So imagine watching that and going, oh, my God, you have to kill, like, your husband or, like, your significant other. You know, like, that would be tough. Uh, that, would, that would be where I would die if it was that. But if it was my cellmate, I'm going to go for it. And uh, I'd, I'd probably survive that one. The favorite trap, <laughs> that one's a hard one because that trap has six people in it. And it would all be all about persuading one person and if i could persuade that person then i would most likely survive so i would say there's a high chance i would survive as long as there weren't like if we were all like if uh if they were all parents then i probably wouldn't survive they because i don't have a family per se like i have a family but not like kids Um, or if like the person making the decision was like your mortal enemy (laughs) or if they were my mortal enemy of course then i might not survive but (laughs) if we were all single people or you know all friends of the same person i think i got a chance but if their parents are a mortal enemy i'm dead (laughs) yeah there are so much variations with that one i'm trying to think what my favorite is because it's probably the cliche reverse bear trap Mm -hmm. now this isn't really a trap it's more of a booby trap okay but when danny glover's partner is chasing jigsaw and he goes through the shotgun trap i was like oh like that was i thought that was gnarly and that got me it could be because that was i just remember when i first saw that being blown away and yeah. Oh, and the ending of that movie really blew me away when I first saw Saw. Yeah, easily. <laughs> that easily. is one of the best endings to any movie. It's got to be top 10 of all cinema. Top sure. five, top three in horror for best endings. Yeah. Like that ending to Saw. So and then to, Hello Zap is playing and that me mm-hmm. it's just like that's the best part of every Saw movie for me so far is mm-hmm. when the twist happens and then that do 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 yeah do 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 that starts mm-hmm. playing and then the subject of the twist or whatever or the killer or whatever or the partner is just like game over and then psh, and I'm like he said the thing and I get excited <laughs> every time. And yeah. it's like the only thing that really compares to that is when where it gets me excited every time it happens is when you go watch the new Star Wars movie and you know that opening crawl is coming. Yeah, I get you. Yep. It's like all reliable <laughs> and uh, don't spoil it. But if there's any Saw movie that comes up and it doesn't do that, that's automatically my least favorite. <laughs> well, I won't spoil it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm I'm banking that that won't be the case, but I, I'm just putting on the record. Yes. If I if I come across that, it is going to be my least favorite. I'm not going to say I'm going to hate it. I'll probably like Fair. the movie, but it Fair. will be my least favorite. For it would sure. be like it would be like I don't even know what it'd be like because yeah. like it's just yeah, like you said, it'd be yeah, getting rid of the title crawl or something. Absolutely. It, it's like a scream movie without a ghost face call. You know, right. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there are just some things you have to have. Yeah. Uh, and trying to think of does Halloween have something like that? Oh, yeah. The da, 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 oh, yeah. The music. Da, 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 yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like Halloween mm-hmm. needs some music. Mm-hmm. Um, Same with the, the Jason, the 
Right. You know? Yeah, of course. You got to have Freddy's, your motif. Freddy's got to be like Freddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, the one, two, Freddy's come for you, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The song. He needs a song. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if a song movie doesn't have game over and then <laughs> playing the hellos. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember if Spiral, if he said game over, because that's different, but it had the music, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll allow that. Yeah. <laughs> hundred percent. This has been a lot of fun. I wanted you, um, if you don't mind telling yeah. the people listening where they can find you and then talking about a uh, horror film roulette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, first off, uh, my, all my info, uh, you can find me on YouTube under blue view cinema sounds exactly, uh, spells exactly how it sounds. So the color blue view, like looking out a window and then cinema. So you can find us on YouTube with that. Same thing with the website, blueviewcinema.com. For me, it's just Josh Tobby. And, uh, but yeah, Horror Film Roulette. Um, it's a competition. It's local to Michigan. So it's in the uh, kind of like Shelby Township, Utica area. But basically, it's a competition that we hold every year uh, during Halloween. So we have our kickoff event this September. Uh, so it's September 10th. And that kickoff basically all of the filmmakers get together. They spin the wheel, whatever genre it lands on, which is like monster, supernatural, sci-fi, uh, thriller, zombie, all of those genres. Uh, you can basically, when you land on that genre, you have to make that film uh, genre. And you have four weeks to do it. So this year we upped our grand prize because it used to be $500. This year it's two grand. So it's a huge difference compared to last year. And then uh, we're aiming to show it at Imagine uh, this year. And that'll probably be sometime in the uh, near the end of October. I think we're going to aim for like the 23rd, but that's still uh, not quite 100% yet, but we'll definitely know in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. That is going to be so cool. Yeah, and, and you can go to our website, horrorfilmroulette.com, uh, and all that information's on there too on how to sign up. You don't even have to be there, but you can spin the wheel and uh, it'll pick your genre for you. That is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> really cool stuff. So, yeah, you'll definitely want to check it out. And I'll send you all that link information to Austin if anybody wants to click a link or something like that. Oh, yes, please. And I'll link it in the episode description. So if you're listening, you can find it there. And thank you so much for joining me. This has been so much fun. Yeah, I had a blast. Thanks for having me on, Austin. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Thanks again to Josh Tobby for joining me and talking about Jigsaw and the Saw franchise. Since recording, I have watched Saw 5, 6, and 7, which also doubles as this week's segment of I Know What You Watched Last Week. I felt Saw 5 and Saw 7 were comparable to the other sequels, but for me, Saw 6 was really, really good. Easily my favorite behind the original. It's not even close. I love how Saw 6 is basically saying, you know what's even more fucked up than Jigsaw's traps? The United States healthcare system. And you know what? Saw 6 is right. As always, you can find this show's social media on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Would You Die Show. You can find the Would You Die YouTube show on the Three Wise Men Media YouTube channel, where you can find professional wrestling, trailer reviews, and much, much more. The music you hear in the beginning and end of each episode is composed by my friend, Josie Palmer. This weekend, I'm going to be at Horror Hound Cincinnati. 
So if you happen to be there, let me know. Next week, I just have to know. Do you like Huey Lewis in the news? Get your business cards ready because next week is going to be a fun one. Until then, I'm Austin Torres. Try not to die.